We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lords by donating to the Future Full of Hope capital campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for braving the cold weather and the, uh, the snow this morning. So I'm guessing you've picked up on this, but Father Mike has a rebellious streak in him. If you haven't noticed this, you were not at the gala last night where we cut off his rat tail. It was awesome. Uh, I want to talk to you today as we kind of dive into what the Word of God has to say to us today. I want you to think this morning about futility. And if you've ever had things in your life that you just say, why am I doing this? This is a waste of time. We've all had moments like that. When Father Mike and I were in seminary, he was ordained a year ahead of me, even though he's younger than me. He went to seminary right out of high school. Uh, But when we were in seminary, we had a professor who was really great uh, at certain things, but his tests were a little bit of that vanity, a little bit futile. And so he taught us homiletics. And one of the best things he did, and you, if I, I won't name him, but say a prayer for him anyways and thank him for doing this. But when a guy would give a terrible homily, right? I always, we were always too nice to kind of correct him. So guys would practice homilies in class and they'd finish and this priest would say, okay guys, what'd you think of that? And you're thinking in the back of your mind, that is one of the worst things I have ever heard in my entire life. But what you say is, man, that was great. Keep going, right? But this priest would just ream the guys. And somebody needed to. It was really good. It was good for us to hear that. We needed to be corrected, right? And he was doing that because he loves you all and wanted you to have good homilies. One time I remember a guy who had just joined our class. We were supposed to give a funeral homily. And he got called up first. And he literally, it was like, what's the movie? He got to the podium and he just, he looked so like not happy. He was like, death. It's like the opposite way, the princess bride, right? Marriage. And it was just so depressing. He was like, death. Death is what brings us here to, and everyone was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Do not ordain that man. Right? And this priest, he just, he stopped him halfway through the homily and was like, I, I can't even take it. Go, go sit in the hallway, go repent, and we'll see you next week. But his, his, so he was great at that. This priest was awesome at correcting guys, but his tests were awful. And his tests, what, what they were, was it was all through the class, he had all these like axioms, these kind of like short, pithy statements. And what you had to do is you had to memorize every single one of them. And it was just the biggest exercise in futility because you knew you were just going to forget them the day after the test. And like he hated, one of his big rules was never touch the podium. All right, like if you touch the podium, he would yell at you. That the, He's like, the podium is burning hot. Don't touch it. And you'd be like, okay, don't touch it. But he'd have all these sayings and literally there would be like 150 fill in the blanks on his tests. And you just, and they just made no sense. You just had to get inside his head and try to remember. So my last year of seminary, I was just done. I was like, I am not going to memorize all this. 
And I was a good student, but I was like, I'm going to fail my first test in seminary because I just don't care. And one of my brother uh, priests bailed me out. He, he drugged me to a Starbucks, and the hour before the test, he was just like made me memorize all these things. But anyway, the whole story, the reason I build up to this, the famous story from Father Mike in seminary, maybe the most famous, is in that class, one of the fill-in-the-blank questions was Father Gallia had a fill-in-the-blank that said, oh, I just said it. <laughs> uh, I hit my life. <laughs> I did the same thing at Lourdes that the bishop told me. He was like, don't tell anyone you're going to Lourdes. And I was so careful. And I was talking to the guys and the companions one day. And I was like, yeah, I don't want people at Lourdes to like so-and-so. And all the guys were like, gotcha. Anyway, so in this class, so the, 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 one of the lines was, preach to blank, not to blank. And you just had to remember what that little phrase was. And that was on, that was on the test for every year. And the answer that he wanted you to get was preach to express, not to impress. But Father Mike was done, and he did not care. And on that exam, Father Mike got a 14. We put it on the fridge at the companion's house. (laughs) Then we sent him for a doctorate in scripture after that. (laughs) But Father Mike got a 14, and on that question, preach to blank, not to blank, he didn't know what to put. So he wrote, preach to women, not to men. <laughs> oh, Father Mike. Then you, be, you get ordained, you go for a doctorate, and you grow a rat tail. Here's why I bring all that up. As I knew on those exams, I knew it was just such a waste of time. And I knew that even if I did great, if I got 100%, it wouldn't matter because next week I wouldn't remember anything from those tests. And here's what our scriptures are about today, at least one part of them. And here's where I want to get you to think and to pray about the joy and the hope and the goodness that belongs to us as Catholics. In the Old Testament, one of the books of, of the wisdom literature is Ecclesiastes. And if, if you've had that experience in life, one of the things that can happen is we can start to think that about our whole life. Right? Like, what's the point? Even if I do great, even if I succeed in life, even if I have great relationships, right? Is it going to matter? And so in the book of Ecclesiastes, the very opening verse says this. Ecclesiastes says, vanity of vanities. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain by all his toil at which he toils under the sun? And there can get, you can get the sense in life, right? Sometimes when you lift your head up from the mountain of work you have in front of you, and even in good days, sometimes you can say, what's the point? In Ecclesiastes, right, it's in the Old Testament. And at this point, the Jews don't know about the resurrection yet. In Ecclesiastes, right, he's, he's seeing the futility of some of our life. And one of the great things he says in there is he talks about how one of the great sorrows of human life is that if you're righteous, 
If you do all the right things, you love your enemies, you care for the poor, you love and serve God, and the wicked man doesn't, right? The wicked person doesn't serve God. They take advantage of others. They live for themselves. They worship pagan things, false idols. The Ecclesiastes says one of the great vanities is both of them die. And so at the end of the, the book, I was thinking today, I was like, man, I'm just going to depress the heck out of my congregation. We'll get to the hopeful part, I promise. He says, <clears throat> man goes to his eternal home. The mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped. That's from Greek mythology. Remember Hercules, right? They've, they've got like the three witches, right? And like they take that string out and they cut it, right? That's like, that's from Greek mythology. It's like the end of a life. That's what Ecclesiastes is referring to here. The mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. All is vanity. Brothers and sisters, there is a powerful word from God for us today. So powerful. And you and I take it for granted. The world around us, what Satan loves to do, you've heard me say this before, Satan loves to distract people so they don't think about this. And he loves to do that both to Christians and to non-Christians. We get so busy, we get so kind of distracted in life that we don't think about deeper things. The book of Ecclesiastes wrestles with very deep questions. But the world believes this. The world says, why, why do anything? Why be righteous? Why serve others? Because there is no God. There is no eternity. There is no resurrection. Right? You're going to take this test, but it's not going to help you at all, even if you get 100%. If you get 100% on your life score. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. And if you heard that, right, here's what you really have to hear in today's readings. Here is the line. I was praying with this all week as I always do. And in 1 Corinthians 15, and this is so powerful, brothers and sisters, St. Paul, 1 Corinthians 15 is the longest chapter of St. Paul in all of scripture. It's arguably his most complex chapter. It's all about the resurrection. And so all of this chapter, he's been talking about Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And today we got the very last line of that chapter. So Paul's been talking about this and he says, thanks to God, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, listen carefully to this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And here's the key. 
knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Did you hear that? Knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That's one of the most beautiful sentences in all of Scripture. And I have good news for you today. What you do in this life, right, the temptation, when I was a rock climber, I w- my brother forced me to do it because he was really good and he wanted to show me how good he was. But we used to go to Table Mountain, and at Table Mountain, there's a, there's a climb there, and it's called Deck Chairs on the Titanic. It's a great climb. It's a 5'10". I couldn't climb it now, but back then I could... Deck chairs on the Titanic, right? Think about that image. We all know that phrase. This is that image of life that some people have. The ship's gonna sink. And it's easy to think that your labor, the work that you do, is just arranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. But not if you're a Christian. Your task, brothers and sisters, what St. Paul wants us to see today is so simple, but it is so profound, is that your life matters. The work you do here, it's not like when you die, everything is gone, and God's like, okay, come hang out with me. We'll go play some wicked harp music together. The work you do now carries into eternity. Not every work, that's important to say. Paul says, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. If you labor on your own, that's in vain. If you're just living like everybody else, that is, that's gonna go off the cliff. But if you labor in Christ, you're working with him for his new creation. So powerful. We as Christians know that we work with Christ. Right? The work we do helps build his new world. And you might say, okay, Father Brian, how does that happen? Right? You get to be a priest, you get to say mass, hear confessions, and that's true. But that is true of your life too, if, if you do it in love. The task of the Christian in the world is just what Jesus did, is to transform everything. Everything in creation is supposed to be given to God, and that's your job. My job is to serve you, and it's to help make you holy. Your job is to transform the world. If you do things in Christ, right, all of creation is given back to him. That there's, that the greatest saint that's known for this, right, is St. Therese, but I don't like her, so we're going to talk about a different saint. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone in Focus always thought that. I've never connected with Therese. She's going to, like, chew me out if I make it to heaven. But I, we just haven't connected that well. But St. Jose Maria Escriva is similar, and him and I really have. If you're not Catholic, you're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Here's what St. Jose Maria Escriva says. 
He says, let me stress this point. It is in the simplicity of your ordinary work in the monotonous details of each day that you have to find the secret, which is hidden from so many of something great and new. Right? You have to find that secret, he says, that everybody else doesn't see it. But if you're a Christian, you've got to see this. You have got to see that what God does is he takes ordinary things and he transforms them. Right? Today at Mass, ordinary bread the Holy Spirit falls on it and turns into the body of Christ. When Mary listens to Gabriel, the Holy Spirit falls on her and an ordinary young girl bears the Son of God. When you go to your workplaces, when you are in your home, when you're talking to friends, when the Holy Spirit lives in you, it transforms everything. One more quote from Escriva. And I love it. So Escriva, a lot of his writings we have, they're from letters. He was always writing letters to people. And he would, he would just write back. And so they took all these quotes from him. And so this is uh, from a sister. He says, you are writing to me in the kitchen by the stove. It is early afternoon. It is cold. By your side, your younger sister the last one to discover the folly of living her Christian vocation to the full. So this is two sisters sitting in a kitchen living ordinary life. It's cold. They're sitting in a kitchen. And the sister, he says, is peeling potatoes. To all appearances, you think her work is the same as before. And yet, what a difference there is. And here's, here's what I want you to get today. Right, Your work is not in vain. If you live in Christ, if you do your work in love, when you go to work, you know, maybe you work in a financial sector, maybe you mop floors, maybe you're a teacher, whatever you do, if you do that in Christ, it just transforms the world. Escriva says, it is true, before she only peeled potatoes. Now she is sanctifying herself and the world peeling potatoes. Last story I want to leave you today. My good friend, Nate, from college, he used to go and drove me nuts. He was so much holier than I was. He would go to the Missionaries of Charity every Friday, one year in college, and he would go serve uh, AIDS patients with the Missionaries of Charity. Not too many college juniors do that. But Nate did. And he always told the story. He was in scrubbing toilets one day in this house with the Missionaries of Charity. And this sister from India kept giggling as she walked by and he was driving him nuts. He was in this like just irritable mood and he was like, why is she giggling at me? And she just kept laughing and she came by and finally he's like, sister, why are you laughing? And she said, because you're wasting your time. Religious sisters are so kind and nice. She's like, you're wasting your time. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm here, I'm here serving AIDS patients. I'm helping you, like, you know, back off. And she could tell that Nate was scrubbing the toilet without love. And she told him, she said, you're obviously doing that without love. And so you're wasting your time. 
Whatever you do in life, if you're cleaning your house, if you're forgiving your enemies, if you're filing papers, you have to do that different as a Christian. If you do that with love, if you do that in the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, if you do that in the Spirit, if you do it in Christ, if you do it through him, with him, and in him, your labor is not in vain.